Welcome back to the Daniel Muggleton podcast. It's me. I'm Daniel Muggleton. I'm the guy. Uh, the Super Bowl happened. For those of you who listened last week, my tip: Chiefs winning, good margin. I was one point off, not bad. And the two tight ends to score. Uh, Kelsey got it. Got it. Didn't. But he he got a lot of yards. I reckon that was unlucky. Anyway, just for continuity's sake, I thought I'd bring that up. Uh, I am fresh off the plane back from my first weekend at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Uh, It is my first time that I've ever done a comedy festival where I'm flying back and forth. Uh, So far, loving it. Absolutely loving it. And I will let you know why. I'm also uh, introducing what may become become a regular segment. Uh, Tom Whitcomb, a regular opening act, and I... Uh, writing some jokes for you live on the podcast. We're there. We've got some premises. I've looked up some news articles and we fashion them into jokes before your very ears. Get excited for that. I hope you dig it. Uh, just the quick where I'll be. Adelaide for the next four weekends. Then Canberra on March 24th. March 25th? March 24th. Fuck. I'm saying March 25th. Don't hate me if it's wrong. Uh, And then Melbourne uh, from March 30th all the way through to April 23rd. Bang. There we go. That's the professionalism uh, I am renowned for. So if you want to buy some tickets, just get across to my website, www.danielmuggleton.com.au. That's where to do that. UK tour dates are all but locked in. Announcement coming soon when every event is listed on the appropriate website. I promise next week it's happening. It's on. Now, I want to tell you about Adelaide. But first, let's get there with our mates from Verticoli. All right, so I am back in Sydney, as I said, just having flown in hot off the plane uh, back from the first weekend of the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Good start. Good start to the Fringe. Had a sold-out show Saturday night. If you do know anybody in the city of churches, or as I've started referring to it, the murder capital, uh, but they don't murder for capital, they murder for something to do. huh? In the murder capital, people murder for capital. You, you say, I shouldn't. I shouldn't rap. <laughs> something something all all white dudes must admit to themselves quietly. Uh, hopefully earlier in life than this. 33, probably a bit late to figure out that one shouldn't rap. But hey, we did it together. Uh, but yeah, fresh off, fresh off the opening weekend at Adelaide Fringe. I think I did like 12 different shows in two days. My Saturday, potentially the longest kind of night of comedy I've ever had. Edinburgh Beecher, because they start earlier, but this was like a night time. I think my first gig was at six and my last gig was at 1.30. So that's that's a pretty good stretch. That's almost what most people would consider a day's work. <laughs> I'm approaching those fucking numbers. Uh, but yes, it was good. It was fun. Um, it was ruined somewhat, I'll be honest with you, uh, on the flight home because I did something. Um, uh, 
not the kind of thing that'll appear on some kind of, you know, airline-based incident podcast like the Mid-Flight Brawl, but just like something that, look, for me, I don't know if this is building this up too much. I think it is arguably the most embarrassing thing you can do within polite society. Let's just draw the nice little parameters around that. Obviously, there's incredibly embarrassing things you can do if you're a fucking weird cunt. But just like within polite society, something that's probably happened to everybody, something that you probably will do again in your lifetime. I, during the in-flight meal, spilt food right down my front, just straight down, straight down the front. This is what happens. You pay the extra cash to go Qantas. You get the food included. And like a fuckhead, you think you can eat successfully while, while leaning back in the chair, you know, just exposing your chest and belly to any source that could drip down. And look, the annoying thing is, this is a dish that I've taken issue with before. Uh, it is this new Qantas kind of meal they like serving. They call it like a bolognese ball or something. It's a fucking pizza pocket. It's a tuck shop classic. It's basically a samosa filled with bolognese sauce, uh, but without like any of the crispiness of a samosa. Um, it is just the watering down of another culture's cuisine. That's what it is. This makes butter chicken look fucking authentic. Uh, that's essentially what we're looking at here. But I went it. And look, I'll be honest with you. I backed myself to be able to eat a pocket of food. <laughs> food that is literally wrapped inside other food to make it easier to consume. No utensils, no worries. Fucking bang, hand to mouth. That thing toddlers and babies can manage. I backed myself to do it. I was a bit sleepy. I've gone. I've been leaning back. I've just, with the pressure to open up the bite on the front, the bolognese sauce has just squirted directly onto my white t-shirt. I'm just kidding. Look, I wanted to raise the drummer and say it was a white t-shirt. It was gray. All right? Pretty much the exact same issue. Showed immediately. I'm like, fuck. It's there. It's on. Just right in the middle. I don't know if this is like a regular kind of neurosis that people have. Like, I don't know. Like, let me put it this way. I was explaining to my wife when she picked me up, like how embarrassed I felt having sp food spilt down my front. And she was like, that's not that. Who cares? Like, it's fine. And like, no, just the thing about spilling food on yourself is just, it's this thing that you practice every day three times a day, you've got your fucking 10,000 hours up. You have mastered this task, right? And to spill something on yourself is just... The problem with it is that the stain stays there. Like, with a, if you fall over, right? I think falling over probably on the podium in terms of embarrassing things that can happen to you. If you fall over, you're only... It's only embarrassing to the witnesses and a fall can happen quick. You can style it out. There can be like, there can be zero witnesses to a fall. That can happen. You can, you can get lucky. Maybe you fall inside your own home. Maybe you're an old person. You fall while standing in a bath. It's also a shower. It's a shower bath. You're a landlord. You fall. You die. You die there, but nobody saw you fall. They just saw you dead. There is no shame in death, but in falling, shame. So you actually got away with one, in my opinion. RIP. Anyway, <laughs> so the food down the front, it's just there. It's just like, it's basically like a banner 
written across your fucking chest telling everybody who glances at you for a second that you're, that you're fucking unco. That you're unco. And the other thing is, when it stays there, because I was, I was the window seat, and I had a decision to make when it happened. I was the window seat. The food service was on. I could have got up. I could have got into an airplane bathroom. I could have cleaned it. That's my usual go-to. Like the second I spill something on myself, I'm cleaning. I'm going in with soap. I don't mind the wet shirt. Perhaps I'm just a sweaty dude. <laughs> Perhaps I'm sweating up a storm. Maybe that's what this is. Maybe I'll spill some water on myself. I'll even clean an area around the penis region to say, like, hey, maybe he just missed going to the bathroom a little bit. I don't find that that shameful. But the food just there on the chair for everyone. I don't think in the history of the world a woman has ever consensually had sex with a guy who had a stain on his shirt. I think it's impossible. I think it's impossible for anyone to look at anyone with food stains down their front and be like, fuck yeah, get, let's get, let's get it inside me. I'm sure he won't miss. <laughs> I don't know why I find this so embarrassing. This is like a genuine, like, let me, let me put it this way. This is how embarrassing I find the food down the front. I'm recording this podcast immediately after I got home, having got off the plane. I'm in my own house with my own wife. She saw the food down the front already, but I still took my shirt off immediately and have not put one back on. I'm like, hey, Dan, maybe you're not ready for clothes, buddy. <laughs> maybe, maybe you just don't have the dexterity. You don't have the hand-eye coordination to deserve clothes yet. Maybe you can go shirtless. You can wear a bib for a few days, get some practice in. And if there are no more incidents, you can get back to shirts. But obviously, let's start with some dark colors slash maroons. Maybe that, maybe that was the beginning of the maroon shirt. Like I think we can all agree, probably the ugliest clothing color, the maroon. Maybe it was just for people like me who couldn't handle their red sauce. And they're like, fuck it. We can't just keep having him get around shirtless. That's gross too. Watching him, watching him just bloody, you know, a bit of water into the palm just to wipe the red sauce off his bare chest. Let's get him a nice maroon sweater so we can just kind of camouflage it. Maybe that's the vibe. But yeah, it's just I, I had to I had to decide whether or not to like clean it off, push past everybody, get into the plane bathroom. You know, I was I was in the window, the plane was full. I would have to go through and I would have rid myself of the shame of having the spill down the front. But instead I was like, no, you know what? They don't deserve to be brought into my failure. They're navigating their own Bolognese balls. <laughs> I can't possibly disturb them. I can't. Look, they might... <sighs> This is this is, this reminds me of like the Christmas neutral thing, and I got some emails about the Christmas neutral thing, which I really appreciated. If you are like me, if like this is one of your worst nightmares, just having food down yourself with no ability to clean it for like I think I think I had to just be in public for two hours with the food down the front, just be like I was terrified of the notion that someone recognized me like as a comedian and they're like, Hey, is that that comedian? It couldn't possibly be. Look at the food down his front. It's just, 
I love that I'm just trying to justify this enough times that even though you can't react in real time, like I'm sure they think I'm right now, you know? Because like, for example, I've done incredibly embarrassing things in my life. I've seen incredibly embarrassing things. This very Friday night, I saw a person go to a KFC, try to eat a chip, drop a chip, drop a chip on the ground in the middle of one of the busiest streets in Adelaide, go to pick it up and wet himself immediately to the point where he almost slipped in his own piss while trying to pick up the chip. And I think that is far less shameful <laughs> than spilling something down your front because that guy was off his mind on alcohol or drugs or most likely both. There is a reason. I was a sober person sitting in a chair, buckled in, strapped in like a fucking baby eating with my hands and I couldn't get food correctly to my mouth. And then you just have to wear that as a sign for everybody you see until you can change shirt, so you can take your shirt off, until you're in some kind of shirt-changing scenario. And everyone's just looking at you being like, mate, just, just, couldn't, just couldn't cop it, could you? Just, yeah. do, you need, do you need some help getting down these stairs? Do you need someone to explain scanning your boarding pass? To, like, do you need us to get your bag off the carousel? Ah! It's such a weird thing. Sorry, I don't know if I went on too long about it. I just, if you are like me and this runs deep in your shame category, please do email dan at danielmuggleton.com.au or hit me up on social media. I do want to know I'm not alone. Um, and just for fun, uh, my dad, who I actually haven't really seen with a stain down his front at any point in his life, uh, did take to wearing a bib in his 50s <laughs> 50s and 60s actually took to wearing a bib at restaurants so this isn't just like doing some old school tucking the serviette right up top you know how you can make that kind of classy that's almost a classy move you have the, like the napkin up top being like yeah don't even worry about the lap i'm right up here tucking it into the collared shirt like a king no 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 uh he would bring like a bib which i think he'd fashioned out of an old tablecloth from home one of those kind of almost linoleum covered tablecloths and he would take that into restaurants in public and eat quite a long meal wearing it it was the bane of my stepmother's existence uh they got divorced it was never specified that that was the reason right but what i wouldn't rule it out <laughs> i wouldn't rule out the bib as being somewhat responsible for that uh but yes i'm i'm i'm, I'm now shirtless i'm now staying free and I'm, I'm working through it. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'm so glad you allowed me to get this off my chest in a way that I could not remove the stain, right? Isn't that lovely? But no, Adelaide was great. There were two uh, fantastic things that happened at the shows. And uh, it's a weird outdoor venue, so I don't have any footage of this. So you're just going to have to take, take an oral history, you know, like the old days. Um, the first one was I'm currently, I'm currently doing a joke where I talk about how you shouldn't go to jail for the same amount of time if you kill a delivery driver as if you kill a person uh, because of the way that we've dehumanized delivery drivers. And I was asking an audience member about that and he, he agreed with me and he's like, yeah, I mean, if they get the order wrong, like, you know, what else are you supposed to do? And I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah, like they brought you the wrong thing. Like you're justified to be angry. And I'm like, holy shit. I, I meant with a car. <laughs> I met with a car accidentally. 
I meant like you've accidentally nudged a Liveroo driver, they're on the road, they pass away. It wasn't intentional. Whereas you're saying that if they make a mistake, you should justifiably be able to, like some kind of defense, like a self-defense, like defending yourself against a cuisine you did not want uh, against the restaurant, forgetting to put utensils in, even though you specifically said in the notes, utensils, please. You're going to take that out on the poor fucking delivery driver. Crazy. Adelaide loves murder. And then, oh, my favorite bit was then he was like, yeah, my wife's even worse. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she was like sitting three rows behind him because I guess, you know, you don't want to be caught at the scene of the fucking crime together. Can't, can't testify against your spouse, right? He was like, yeah, she'd be even more angry. And I was like, you serious? And she's like, yeah, I'd fucking kill him. <laughs> it was very good. I find Adelaide like otherwise a pretty calm city, obviously apart from the guy who was pissing himself while trying to pick up a chip. That was the opposite of calm. That was shit was going on. But uh, just the, they love murder. They can't get enough of murder. Uh, the second thing was uh, I was telling a story about how I saw um, a copy of Mein Kampf for the flea market in Melbourne. And it made me think like, who who's donating that? In the first, that's a risky donation, you know, just like, hey, you got any books you'd like to give it? Yeah, maybe a deceased estate. In which case, you'd really fucking have some questions about the rest of the deceased estate. You're like, what's going on here? But uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a copy of Mein Kampf. And I was like, shit, are they still printing Mein Kampf? Like, who gets the royalties for Mein Kampf? And I looked it up and it's a Jewish charity, which, you know, makes perfect sense to me. Um, but then the flea market, like, I don't think they're sending that to the charity. <laughs> So I was talking about that and I was just going through and I was asking this guy about it. And like 45 minutes later, this guy in the, the, the second row just goes, oh, it's Hitler's book. <laughs> he had no idea what Mein Kampf was. And like, it was impressive. I just, I just thought everybody was pretty aware of Adolf Hitler the Holocaust, World War II, and the genesis of that being the book written by him, Mein Kampf, My Struggle. And no. And this guy, like again, a, a grown-up, like a grown-up human being, someone who would be unacceptable if they dropped food on themselves while attempting to eat. But there you go. Just didn't, didn't know about Mein Kampf. And he must have just been... I, just, I would have loved to have known what he thought I was talking about like if he thought it was just some kind of German high literature piece that was written by a Jewish person, like that's why a Jewish charity would get the royalties. Like he really didn't ask and he just like, he just like laughed. Like, of course I know. Of course I know what Mein Kampf is. <laughs> what a pertinent question and reference. <laughs> anyway, very impressive. I liked it. Good on you, Adelaide. I'm back. Uh, next weekend for more because I'm flying in and flying out. As I said, that's um, that's the big change this year. Usually I stay in Adelaide for a week or two and do the show every night. Now, weekends only, but I'm there the entire festival and it is fucking great. I understand why the miners like it in Perth. When you fly in, you're like, I'm here to work. That's it. When you fly out, you're like, fuck that noise. I'll never work again. Then you're back on the plane. You're like, oh God, I better focus. It's good. It works for me. Nice and nice and compartmentalizing. I enjoy it. Um, I was I was staying in I was staying in like a somewhat good hotel because like you get the that's kind of where I'm at. 
I've been talking about this as well. I, I'm at the I'm at the point in my life where I have like some money. So like I'm flying Qantas these days, which is like Australia's kind of top tier airline, but I just can't afford the flight times I want. <laughs> like I want the baggage so I can take my merch with me, bring the t-shirts on the road, but I have to fly like at 6 a.m. and then fly home at 8 p.m. Like first flight in, last flight out, you know? Like and basically I'm kind of playing chicken with Qantas because they love canceling the early flights because they don't want to run an empty flight, right? So they're like canceling the early ones and then pushing the customers onto the late flight. So that's essentially what I do. I'm like, fucking, I bet no other cunt wants to go to fucking Adelaide this early. Go on, Qantas, do it. Combine them, do it. And the thing is, either that happens and you fly at like 11, which is what you wanted in the first place, or you get to go on the early flight and it's fucking empty. So you get to lie down across three seats like a fucking champion anyway. You know, business class adjacent. I forget who calls it that. Is it Nick Cody? Nick Cody kind of calls like the seat next year, like the working man's economy plus or business class or something. Anyway, felt good, laid out, did that. And today on the way back, um, I got I got a little notification being like, would you like to move to an earlier flight for free? And I was like, fuck yeah, Qantas, I would. So bang, victories on the in and the out. Um, good stuff, felt good. Uh, but yes, the one thing, sorry, I just... Look, I, I hope this all comes across like I'm a frugal man because generally I am. I was raised right. I don't pay for parking unless it's entirely necessary or a taxable deduction, obviously. So uh, when I was checking out of the hotel today, it was, it, was a, it was a five-star hotel. I promise I got it on a deal. Just go with me. It was a nice hotel. And the one thing that I've learned about nice hotels is that scum still stay there. I don't know how they afford it. I don't know what deal they're on. Uh, in my head, most of them are either dealers or professional poker players. The guy I'm talking about in this story could have been either. Could have been both. Uh, he was he was short with a very strong mullet, uh, a, a real nugget, like a real thick unit. Uh, and he had, he had quite a few tattoos on his neck and none anywhere else. It was a very interesting uh, choice for tattoo location. And um, I'd seen him in the lift a few times and he said... Nice tracksuit to me one night, which was cool. Um, I said, thank you, sir. And uh, I kept my distance. Uh, but we were checking out at the same time. And uh, he was in, he was like right next to me at the kind of concierge thing. And they asked me, and they're like, did you get anything from the minibar? And I said, no, because I'm a grown-up. And we're literally staying next to a fucking convenience store. What do I need the minibar for? Uh, whereas I heard old mate say, yeah. And they were like, oh, what did you take from the minibar? And he's like, oh, all of it. <laughs> I have never heard that before. What did you take from the minibar? All of it. And look, I'll be honest. This was, this was like a college brochure minibar. Like it was diverse. There was like two bottles of red wine, fucking bourbon and Coke from the can, like sparkling water, still water. There was like a, a kind of trail mix arrangement in addition to like multiple cans of Pringles. And this motherfucker had all of it. All of it. Like, even if you had all of it, just say, oh, most of it. <laughs> this guy's telling the concierge at the hotel, like, yeah, every item in the minibar, anything that was chilled when I entered that room is fucking gone. Like, what? 
And I saw him, like, whenever I saw him in the lift, he was leaving. Like, is this... Am I the only guy who, like, I thought the minibar was, like, obviously, there's there's two times to raid the minibar. Or three times. Let's go. Let's go. Mini... Acceptable minibar usage hours. A, when you are fucked up in the room, generally with other people. I think it's usually when there's other people in the hotel room. You're partying. The booze shops are closed. You're like, fuck it. How much more is it anyway? Bang, bang, bang. Minibar done. Right? Time number two. When someone else is paying for the hotel room, in which case, just fucking chuck them in your luggage and sell them on the street. I don't give a shit. You do not leave anything behind. Leave no man behind. Leave no item behind. That Pringles is coming with me back to Sydney. I don't give a shit about the fruit and vegetable laws, right? I'm taking it with me. So that's number two. And then number three is, I think... If you're trying to fuck, I think that's reasonable. I think if you're trying to get it in, if you if you if you're with a with a significant other, if you're with a new person who has joined you in the hotel room, you're trying to make things happen in the hotel room or even the lift to and from the hotel room. If you're a bloody horny fella, I think at that point the mini bar is fair game because anything that takes them out of the hotel room reduces your chances of getting late. Fair play. I think I think those are the only times to use the minibar. Any other time. Like even even with my even with my wife. Like, you know, I'm in there. I'm trying to I'm trying to get things moving because it's outside of the fertile window. So her interest in me is low. <laughs> I'm in high demand for a week, but outside of that time, not a lot of interest. I'm like an Olympic swimmer. <laughs> One week, everybody can Well, that would imply that it's one every four years. What You get what I'm saying. The swimming is the first week of the Olympics. Fuck yeah, they're hot. That's great. Then it's over. Dry spell. Then you get to get wet again for that next week. You're with me. So even then, we're going out. We're getting outside stuff. We did that over New Year's. We brought the bottle of champagne into the hotel, told them to bring up glasses with ice. Power move. Feels good. But yeah, just going through the entire minibar. The entire thing, just being like, "Yep, it's gone, mate. Don't worry about it." What a what a mysterious man! Like, is it weird that I'm more confused because he was because he was quite short? Like, I was like, I just don't know if there's enough room for all this stuff to go because there's a food involved in the mini bar as well. I don't know. Anyway, that's my Adelaide. That's what that's what's happened over the last three days. Um, now, coming up. Uh, something that's a little bit of fun. I thought uh, I would get a mate of mine and my and my support act. One of my one of my favorite. Uh, I guess you call him young comedians in Sydney. Here's yeah, when I say that he's young. So fucking, I should leave that in the podcast for sure. Um, I have to write jokes every week, some topical jokes for a weird Zoom gig that I do. I thought it might be fun to get him on. Because uh, he's a joke guy, he's a very good joke writer, and we could talk through them live on the pod. So that's going to happen next, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, so I'm here with Tom Whitcomb. Uh, for those who don't know, the way that I've supplemented my income throughout the pandemic is writing jokes for geologists that I present to them in a Zoom panel Thursday afternoons. And they deem that worth paying for, apparently. Quite pretty, pretty sweet. 
Yeah, uh, it's a sw- it's the best gig ever. <laughs> like it's ten minutes of jokes, uh, by which I mean it's four minutes of jokes that I really stretch out. You know, really, <laughs> yeah. really take them for a walk. Oh, the listeners have seen you do comedy before. They'll get it. <laughs> yeah, a lot of feeling, um, but I, I talk slow on this one because they're old. Uh, so. <laughs> Yeah, what I, what I thought would be fun, uh, if you don't know Tom, Tom opens for me uh, all over the place. He's a great writer. That's what I've been that, told. That's, but... that's, what, that's what I've been told. <laughs> um, so what, I've, what I thought I'd do, I've got some geology jokes that I'm about to deliver in literally 27 minutes time. That's how tight we're playing this. Uh, I got some premises, Tom. I looked up some news articles mm-hmm. and I thought these could be the basis for my five jokes this week. Okay. Um, now, just so you know, the geologists actually score the jokes um, out of five, I, I got a five once. You got a five? Oh yeah, you yeah, yeah. on the road. You did one. Yeah. Do you remember the joke? I remember it was about uh, an NRL player being a uh, photo being on Instagram of him in it with his arm around his mate, and people were uh, speculating that he might be gay because of it. Yes, and I think it was something like usually if an NRL player wants to have his sexuality questioned, he has to refuse a beer. <laughs> See, that's good. I, I was happy with that. That was good. And they were happy with it too. And, and just so you know, fives are very rare. These are these, these people like rocks. That is the quality of the jokes <laughs> that we're looking at this evening. So, um, Tom, the first the first news article I saw uh, was uh, Disney has announced that Toy Story 5, Frozen 3, and Zootopia 2 are all happening. That's That's what they've come out and said. And they've also announced 7,000 layoffs. They've done that in the same <laughs> press conference, which I think is very fun. Uh, and my, my joke that I had, because, uh, you know, some of, some of them I got jokes for, uh, the joke that I had was meaning the only thing not getting a sequel at Disney in 2023 is their employment contracts. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's, where, that's where I went. Do you reckon you got, you got any other take? I don't, take me through all five and maybe we can circle back. Do you want to okay. do that way? Do we'll you want to do we'll circle back. back? Why not? We'll get, we'll get some... Okay, so the second one. Uh, Duke University report found that telemedicine companies and therapy apps are harvesting and selling data, including patient names, addresses, mental health diagnoses, uh, and prescriptions for as little as six cents. Not the Bruce Willis film. Six <laughs> cents. That, was, that fucking almost got me there. Um, next one. Uh, Wait, was that the joke? No, no, no. I thought the Bruce Willis film was <laughs> Tom, these guys are paying me cold hard cash. I'm trying to solicit insider information on mining companies. I can't feed them that. Yeah, okay. Wait, so what? So what was it? People are selling... Yeah, Who's... that one I skipped the joke. I've got the joke, but if okay. we're going to circle back... Sure, yeah, okay. Have you, have you, have you heard of a fucking punchline cunt? You don't put it in the middle and then just peter out. Yeah. All right, so uh, number number three was um, federal workplace safety authorities have fined a central Pennsylvania confectionery factory more than $14,500 following an accident last year uh, in which two workers fell into a vat of chocolate. Yeah. Um, that was at the Wrigley, Wrigley factory. Okay. You know Wrigley's gum? I do. But they've also expanded to chocolate. I'm <laughs> oh, yeah. I assume not chocolate-flavored gum. Uh, Wrigley, oh no, wait. I think Mars might own Wrigley. Mars might own Wrigley? I think so, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but men do tend to own things. And where are they from? <laughs> Mars. All right. Again, I'm getting in that zone. I'm getting in this zone of joke. Yeah, that's good. You got to you gotta be... Oh, wait, I've already done that one. Yep, that's that's the punchline. I'll do that later. Uh, this one I got no punchline for. It's wide open. Um, and this one's a little bit... It's supposed to be each week that I do these, but this one's from a slightly older news story. Uh, North Carolina police are urging residents to refrain from aiming their guns into the sky to take a pot shot at the Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> that's just a real... <laughs> That's almost good. That's almost done, yeah. you know, on its own. But yeah, they're just like, hey, 
please stop shooting in the sky. <laughs> I assume because the bullets fall in some kind of thing. Um, but good on North Carolina residents for defending their rights. <laughs> um, Jose Luis Calasea Diaz, holy shit, four names, uh, attempted to escape from a Chonchocoro, Chonchocoro? Uh, maximum security prison in Bolivia early this month uh, by wrapping himself in sheepskin and crawling through the grassland surrounding the jail. Okay. So he's like wearing the sheepskin as a thing, and he's like on the doing the military <laughs> crawl. That's and they they got him. Um, <laughs> they, they got him. They did get him. Um, and then this one, I mean, this one, like I said to you earlier, but I, I had this. I was gonna, I think I was gonna put it on my socials, but then I thought people would get angry at me because there was like a picture. It, it, it's always so much worse when there's a picture because the, the story was about a missing real estate agent in Queensland and there was like a picture of her like smiling mm-hmm. and I was like, there are concerns for a missing real estate agent in Queensland. Yeah, people are concerned she might be found, Yeah, right? You get it? We don't like real estate agents. I get it. But when it's got a face, suddenly they're a person <laughs> and not a cunt, right? <laughs> you know, it's no good. Um, so anyway, those those are my articles thus far. Um. Would you would you like to circle back? Would you like to would you like to start at the top with Disney or did something did anything come to you immediately? Oh, I'm I'm I, I'm, I'm panicking. I've I've got very little. You're I've frazzled. Got, <laughs> I, the only thing I had was actually the one that you don't have for. So give me number four again, which is about the shooting in the sky. The North the North Carolina police are urging residents to refrain from aiming their guns into the sky to take pot shots at a Chinese spy balloon that may be headed their way. Yeah. Okay. So they're encouraging to stop taking uh, shooting the gun in the sky to take down the Chinese spy balloon and return to shooting their guns in the sky to celebrate freedom. That's good. That's good. I thought you could go like uh, residents have responded saying, what Chinese spy balloon? <laughs> oh, yeah, like, that's, that's just... That's also good. I yeah, thought yeah. it was Sunday. Like, <laughs> you know, like that kind of that kind of Southern North Carolina. Southern North Carolina? Southern North Carolina, yeah. North Carolina's in the South, isn't it? Yeah, but there's also a South Carolina also in the South. Yes, but they're both in the South. Yes. All Carolinas, South. Yeah. Okay. Below the Mason-Dixie, I believe. Mason-Dixie? I think that was the slavery line. Is it Mason-Dixie Mason-Dixon? I thought it was Dixon. I thought it was Dixie. Is it Dixie? I think so. I mean, the Dixie chicks. It's not the Dixon chicks. <laughs> the Dixon chicks? Dixon chicks? That sounds like a category. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, okay. So that one. I like that. Celebrating their freedom. Uh, I think I but you got, I think, what spy balloon is the same joke, but a little bit cleaner. You think that's cleaner? I think so. Celebrating their freedom. I mean, I, I, I'm going to put it out there, Tom. I might offer both jokes to the geologists. Uh, they like a hypothesis. Yep. Why not test two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A you double then, blind study. And then if it bombs, I'm like, hey, I took a shot. Bang. <laughs> there you go. There it is. That's easy. Um, all right. We got that solved. Um, I Honestly, the sheep one, I just thought it was so funny, but like I didn't have much for it, to be honest. So what is he's escaping from a prison disguised as a sheep? Correct. Yeah, okay. Like... I, I basically what I pictured was the Shawshank Redemption. Yep. But it was sheepskin instead of shit. Yes. You know that scene where he's like coming out, like, ah, it's yeah. just like lanolin kind of coming off him. Yeah. But like in, in my head, like these are the ones that these are the directions I was going in. I was like known as known as the tro like the, there's the Trojan horse, but this is the Latino sheep or okay. something. Where was it? Bolivia. Bolivia. Okay. Yeah. So something like that. Um, or the Bolivian sheep, I don't know. Um, and the other one I was saying was like, uh, but obviously the problem was, uh, there were no sheep in front of him leading him out, so he had no. You know how sheep follow things. Oh, okay. Like that, I was sure. going like the behavioral nature of a sheep. 
Yeah. I think that is incorrect because it's a man dressed as a sheep. See, I went to like wolf and sheep's clothing. Oh. But I don't know how you land there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like... Because does the... No, it's the wolf dresses up as a grandma in the Three Little Piggies. Yes. Oh, no, Little Red Riding Hood. Little Red Riding Hood. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) The Three Little Pigs. I'm going to blow your head. Why is he dressed like a woman? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't need to do that. I think what what I've heard is that uh, pigs never knew their grandmothers, so they're very (laughs) trusting of any older woman. Um, Um, You could call him Lammy Dufresne. Lammy Dufresne. (laughs) That's funny. They'll get that. Yeah. But like... I. Like surely we, I mean, there's a lamb shank already in the sh- the the lamb, oh, shank, lamb redemption? shank redemption. Lamb yeah. shank redemption. We did it. Two puns. <laughs> yeah, good. Two puns. Never forget, I'm a professional. <laughs> and if you see me outside of geology conference, it's funny because some of the geologists have now come to the live shows. Oh yeah. And they're like, why don't you do this on that? <laughs> and I'm like, it seems inappropriate. At 4 p.m. before a presentation. At your live show at the 11 minute mark, going, why is it still going on? It's a long one today. <laughs> no, at the seven minute mark, they're raising a two in there. <laughs> and I'm like, no, not here. God. Okay. So, Lammy Dufresne. No, wait. What was it? Lamb Shank Redemption and Lammy Dufresne. But again, two, you've two just, lamb puns? It's the same as you can go to jail and say, I have two versions of each joke. They're more or less the same. Yes. Uh, you could, yeah, you could split With the group in half and do them in separate rooms. Heavy, heavy emphasis on the more. They're more, <laughs> or less, they're more the same. <laughs> they're more the same. To be honest. Um, okay, and then we got the got the chocolate, we got the chocolate factory. I did have a joke for the chocolate factory. Well, the vat of chocolate in the confectionery factory. Yep. I've called it a chocolate factory, probably foreshadowing the direction oh, yeah. I've taken this. Um, so I've got the, you know, the workers fell into the chocolate vat and they've been fined. Uh, in order to escape prosecution, the owner bequeathed the chocolate factory to a young boy and his grandfather before immediately shooting himself into space. <laughs> <laughs> is that fun? I, in my head, that's very fun, but it might not be. That, I think the reference is fun, but it's yeah. like, where's the? What's the punch? You know, because you go, we. You, well, it's you, not punch. It's chocolate. <laughs> it's it's a different it's a different viscous liquid. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but like, is that not the punch? Is that not it? Mm. Like is it, do you, do I then have to like spell it out as as we call it like a Rory Low on th- this podcast? Just spell out the <laughs> spell out the punchline and be like like the movie like the movie Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. If this happened in real life, it would be difficult to escape prosecution. This I, goes against O H and S like that. I thought you could do a callback to the Disney thing and say they've laid off seven thousand Oompa Loompas. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, the Oompa Loompas are threatening to unionize. Yeah. Um, we weren't always this color. We just keep falling in the chocolate. <laughs> um, okay. I like I like the chocolate, but is the chocolate factory? Yeah, kind of needs. Dude, what's what's the article again? Give me the setup. So the Federal Workplace Safety Authorities have fined a Central Pennsylvania confectionery factory more than fourteen and a half thousand dollars following an accident last year in which two workers fell into a vat of chocolate. It's so funny that the factory is being blamed for two humans falling into a vat of chocolate well look saying the workers were not authorized this this is what the authority said the workers were not authorized to work in the tanks and weren't trained on proper safety procedures for the equipment oh there's got to be which in my head conjures like a kind of scuba situation (laughs) like they're they're in there kind of cleaning the vats inside (laughs) the chocolate like in a shark tank yeah yeah (laughs) oh 
It's I think I think I'm gonna be put I'm gonna put it out there. I'm gonna call it early. That joke will get a two, mm-hmm. but it will be considered a joke. And we might we might be able to get through. <laughs> we can circle back to it. I mean, because they're quite short. I'm actually after the you know scramble last minute to find another article. Um, that is the hardest part about this, by the way, because you did some topical stuff at one point, right? You were doing the I was doing on TikTok, TikTok thing. during lockdown. Yeah, it took a long time to find. And you're right, you were talking about this before or with the real estate agent, like when they put a face to it. Mm. We've been like news.com.au and like let's find some funny articles, and it's like mother of two slain. <laughs> <laughs> Is so, that funny? Is Slain funny? <laughs> they said Slain. Is that weird? I don't know. Um, all right. So the second, the second one, we, we are doing a proper mother circle of back two here. Slain. That's a funny name for a mother of two. <laughs> slain. It's not even winter. <laughs> Why was she slain? <laughs> Thank you, folks. <laughs> was she named after the castle in Dublin? I don't know what's going. <laughs> uh, if it, if it was a male partner who committed that crime, that's manslaining. <laughs> Are we doing this? No, all right. We'll move on. Um, your health data thing we haven't talked about. Yeah, the Duke University report found tele- uh, they're, selling, they're selling your data. They're selling the patients' names, the mental health diagnoses and prescriptions for as little as six cents. And I mean, like, first things first, duh. Yeah. It's a fucking telehealth company. I thought you were going to do the Norm MacDonald. Research from the University of Duh. <laughs> yeah, no, more great findings from the university. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it better. Um <laughs> So this is and, and this is my one, and this this would require somewhat of a visual gag, which might not translate on the podcast. It was um, blah blah blah. Like all right, I'll do I'll do. Uh, a Duke University report found telemedicine companies and therapy apps are harvesting and selling on data, including patient names, addresses, mental health diagnoses, and prescriptions for as little as six cents. And my only question is, how do you feel about that? And then I was going to do like a little money thing, like a little money, like like I'm going to get paid. For finding out how you feel about that. That was my, you know what I mean. It's big and then it's small. That was my, that was my pitch on that one. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not loving your chances. Damn it! You think that that's it's going to be a one? Yeah, yeah. What about, uh, uh, what, what about uh, charging six cents for health data? And uh, when reached out for a comment, Google were outraged and said they would have only charged four. Ooh. Uh, those those son of those sons of bitches said they wouldn't undercut us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, do Google. Um, Google only four. See, I'm kind of typing this in now because that one needs help, doesn't it? Uh, much like a employee in a chocolate vat <laughs> needs assistance. Um, all right, and the final one. I like the I like the Disney announcers Toy Toy Story, Frozen Three, Zootopia. Blah, 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 mm. The only thing not getting a sequel is their employment contracts. I like that because I love a punchline that says something like employment contracts. That's yeah. right up my street. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's a strong. That's that's clearly a joke. Yeah, very clear. What are there any? What are other? So was it Frozen, Toy Story Five, Zootopia, Two, Frozen Three, Three? What other? Like, there's got to be something in another Pixar, Disney movie. What are the other? Like, well, I was gonna say, uh, you know. Um, I know, I know that I just made a joke, but I do feel sorry for those seven thousand employees having to rub Disney off their left foot, like Andy's written on the right foot of Woody. Just like <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten the reference, but I like that Disney are branding their employees. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah that's fine. Just a very subtle branding. Yeah. What are the other What are the other big Disney movies? Uh, Cars was them. Finding Nemo. Yeah. Finding employment. Finding. <laughs> do something like that. Uh, finding, uh, not compo, finding, mm-hmm. 
the cars. This on my phone. Let's Quickly, go. we got we got the two the two minute time limit. It's ticking. It's oh, ticking fast. Why? Because you got to. You when do you have to log on? Literally in two minutes. Like this oh. is this is this oh, is what they you, call. Did you not? Did you need to find another? I don't know. This might be this might be the end of the podcast element. Just just <laughs> incredible suspense for the yeah. listeners. Yeah. Will he find enough jokes for Geohug? <laughs> um. Yeah. Actually, I should probably check with uh, old mate if it's okay that I talk about Geohug and that I'm doing jokes for Geohug. I'm Possibly. Sure I be, I'm sure I should be fine with it. Yeah, you think they're so? Very, they're very lovely. Um. Okay, I think this might be it, Tom. All right. Well, Godspeed. We like. What do you reckon? How, how, I was going to say, what's our what's our points over under on these? The average, the average points. I reckon Disney will get you. I reckon that'll get you three. Yep. Uh, what was your what was your health data punchline again? What was that about? How do you feel about that? Oh yeah, that's a one. That's a one. Oof, I don't think yeah. hefty. Uh, Wrigley Factory, you're going with before <laughs> signing. The I think factory. so. Yeah. I yep. think so. Like it's in, in my head it's very funny that Willy Wonka like also paved what, the way for billionaires. I like Willy Wonka, but I don't like what about if it was like uh they're facing further lawsuits after one of their factory workers turned into a giant blueberry? Or like you know what I mean? Like a bit more You want me to spell it out more. No, spell it out less. You think that's too much? <laughs> well, you think that's more than a giant blueberry? <laughs> it's a fucking giant it's quicker. blueberry. You're like, uh, before signing the deed of the factory over to... Tom, a- I don't think you understand. These jokes need to take 10 minutes. Okay. Quicker is the enemy of progress. <laughs> uh, shooting in the sky to celebrate freedom or what Chinese weather balloon? That's pretty good. Both good. We like those. That could be a three or a four. I like that the one that you contributed a punchline to as the highest predicted score so far. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? <laughs> and the sheeps can escape. So how do you feel weird about doing a pun with the same word twice? I feel like that probably. What was your one? Uh, mine was Lammy Dufresne. Lammy Dufresne. You could, I think you could do it if you lean into the fact it's like you kind of make a big thing about The Lamb Shank Redemption. The Lamb Shank Redemption. <sighs> yeah. The sheep shank redemption doesn't really work. No, it doesn't. Sheepy Dufresne? No. <laughs> Is there anyone that, that runs with mutton? Rammy Dufresne. Rammy Dufresne. <laughs> yeah, great. In the lamb shank redemption. <laughs> yeah. uh, coming to your Spanish language Netflix very soon. Yeah. Um, true crime. Yeah, and then obviously the real estate agent. Done and dusted. Real estate agent's great. That'll, that'll, that'll do well. You think that's 4-5? I, I think, think it's so, yeah. 4-5. All right, cool. Let me just tell you a little something about doing comedy for geologists. Unpredictable. Um, the real estate agent joke bombed. <laughs> Did not do well at all. Uh, but they absolutely loved the double pun feature of Rami Dufresne in the Lamb Shank Redemption. So there you go. Bit of closure for you. I'll be honest, it was actually one of my highest scoring weeks uh, in terms of points with the geologist. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. If you did, let me know. I'm always, as you know, I'm figuring out what this podcast is too, things we can do with it. So if there's something you like, tell me. If there's something you hate, tell me. Uh, The main feedback I've had so far is that we hate guests, which as a self-important person is just goddamn brilliant to hit. But go fuck yourself. If I want my friends on, they're coming. Um, Now, quickly... Just, to, just uh, you know, to, to fill you in on where I'm at. I just said I got back from the Adelaide Fringe Festival. The other thing, 
uh, that happened over the weekend is I finally wrapped the edit of my comedy special. <laughs> the people love it. Uh, so yeah, I finally I finally called it on the edit. <laughs> and when I say called it, uh, that is probably the most appropriate verb I can think of. Um, to give you any background, if you're new, uh, I toured Australia for the first time at the end of last year with a show called White and Wrong, brackets, but mostly white. If you want to do the long thing, I just think white and wrong is fine. The rest is implied. Um, it went around. It's a show about uh, vaguely uh, my attempts to knock up my wife, among other things. Uh, it was well received at festivals. It was well received in Edinburgh. Uh, and the tour sold a whole bunch of tickets. And we filmed the show at the Metro Theatre in December. And since then, we have been attempting to turn it into a very good stand-up comedy special. And that process was supposed to take a month. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think technically it's probably two, maybe two and a half, where we've ended up with that. Um, but look. I'm very excited. I'm very happy with the result. Uh, I really hope when you guys look at it, uh, you guys think what I hope you think, which is, wow, this doesn't look like an Australian comedy special. This looks like a real comedy special. This would not look out of place anywhere on any streaming service, on any platform. You're like, fuck yeah, that looks good. That sounds good. And then unfortunately, they are still my jokes. So... You know, maybe that's what's going to hold it black, uh, hold it back. Ultimately, fuck me, I do, I do stumble on my words in this podcast. That is just not really an issue I have with stand up at all. But every now and again, hold me black, hold me back. Fucking hell, Dan, come on. I know it's late, but you can get there. The stain's gone. No one's going to know about it. Uh, anyway, so I just wanted to, because I I do kind of get uh, tarred with this brush, and I you know I probably I probably you know, mention it myself. I do everything on my own and that uh, does not include the special. I want to make that very clear. Uh, I worked with a great group of people to get this thing done, uh, largely from the Newcastle Comedy Club. Um, and then also, you know, it was uh, the Metro Theatre there. And then obviously Tom, who was on the tour with me and my mate Marty Bright, who is very good for me. Um, you know, just some people in your life are very necessary to calm you they can just talk you off the ledge and like marty is just the ultimate guy for that for me because i don't know if you guys have realized i'm a very grumpy man uh marty called me karen's son which i thought was quite rude because i don't think i've got a big speech of the manager energy i think i've just got a oh my god how is everyone so bad at everything why am i here energy uh so I went with barry david i don't mind that but uh, anyway, so we did this special. It was a big collaborative process. Uh, and I think the result is great. Uh, I hope you guys will think so too. I got one quick question to ask you uh, before the end of this podcast. Where would you like to see it? Because I think we're in a weird zone with stand-up comedy specials because a bunch of the best comedians around the world, put their specials out for free on YouTube. And I have absolutely nothing against the YouTube comedy special. I've got one on there myself. 
Steve on the podcast talked about why he's ended up on YouTube uh, as well as Amazon Prime. It's just gone up on Amazon Prime. If you haven't watched Steve Hofstetter's The Recipe, definitely check it out. But there is the kind of... Because Netflix was like the pinnacle for a while. And then I think we can all agree they kind of oversaturated the market. They put a lot of specials out all the time. And now they've kind of pumped the brakes, except if you're Dave Chappelle, in which case they're willing to put as many out as you'd like to release. And fair enough, it is Dave Chappelle. So I'm just like, as a consumer, as a consumer of comedy, I assume some of you probably have very strong opinions on whether or not you listen to podcasts on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Or I think someone messaged me being like, hey, is this on Google Podcast? I didn't even know that was a thing. But yeah, it's on all of them, I think. Whereas with a comedy special, it doesn't really work like that. It's kind of, it's got some level of exclusivity. Like not to say that you can't put something on YouTube and Amazon Prime as Steve has done. Uh, not to say you can't put something on YouTube or at least back in the day, you could put it out through like say a Comedy Central and then Netflix will acquire it along with another special. They do a little package thing. Like, do you care where it goes? Because in my head, and maybe that's just an old school thinking, I think Netflix is still probably the most prestigious. I would be incredibly chuffed if I was given the opportunity to put something on Netflix one day. That would mean a lot to me. Um, Amazon Prime. My last one is an Amazon Prime, so I guess I've kind of done that, but that's still obviously just a very far-reaching platform. But... The more I think about it, I'm just like, is it just supposed to go on YouTube? Because the one thing about this is it is a full show. It's about 65, 70 minutes. And it is best if watched the full duration. And is, does YouTube lend itself to a more incremental viewing? Uh, are people more likely to sit down and watch it as a full thing if it's on a streaming service? Even if by virtue of being on a streaming service, kind of less people might see it than if it was just on YouTube, you know? Like, these are the things I'm kind of thinking about. And I obviously know a lot of comedians, how they feel about all this stuff. Uh, they have, you know, varying opinions. But I just, you know, you guys are supposedly fans of me or have stumbled onto this podcast in a very bizarre fashion and stuck around for some reason. Uh, in which case, fucking glad to have you. So I'm just saying, I'm asking, does it matter? Do you guys care about it at all? Are you like, whatever, Dan, I like you. I'll watch the special wherever the fuck it is. Uh, let me know. I'd love to know. But I would also just like to talk ugh, about creativity. Ugh, just such cringe in even saying it. Um, I will admit to you, during the editing stage of this special, I was a fucking pain in the ass because one thing you might not realize about comedy specials is that it's probably not the best show it's probably not it's probably it's just the show they recorded when it made sense to record it there might be like a specific venue that a comedian wanted to perform in so they did it at that stage of the tour uh, it might be that someone else is producing it, so it's where they could get the renter crowd. So, like, if you're ever watching a comedian's comedy special and you're like, I fucking love this guy. These jokes are so funny. Why is the crowd so shit? It's because that crowd was probably, you know, down there for two or three specials. They don't know who the fuck the comedian is and they're just kind of confused about what's going on around them. Uh, so that's what that is. If you're ever like, why is this crowd so shit? It's like they're they're 
fucking marathon runners at that point. <laughs> There's a reason they're not laughing that much. Um, but yeah, so like I, I did mine in Sydney, which is what I wanted to do at the Metro Theater where I wanted to film it because as you, you guys will see, if you get to see this, when you get to see the special, it's kind of got that rock club vibe, which I like, like that suits me. And I filmed it and I had the footage. There's two shows and you look between the two shows and you try and find your base show and then you try and bring in anything that you fucked up from the other show. Now, as a comedian and as a person, I love getting the words right. I know how the words should go. I've done this show 50 times. Not exactly the same every night. It's not that kind of thing. But I know how it should go. And I promise you, ask any comedian on the night that you film the thing, you do something weird. Something happens. <laughs> something takes over you in front of the camera being like, oh man, I've never said that like that before. Now's the time. So you're going through with this footage being like, holy shit, I can't believe my fucking head looks like that. And I said words like that. Jesus Christ, turn it off. This is terrible. Uh, and you work through it with an editor. Uh, my editor's name was Brady and he was fucking patient with me throughout. And we got through and we combined it into this weird zombie show. We got rid of most of the horrible things that I did for some reason that night and never again. Uh, we, we got it there and then we were editing it and then it'd send it back. And then you got to watch it. Just when, it's, when there's no management, when there's no larger thing, it's you and you're watching it back. And you're like, this is pretty... Oh, God, did I do that with my hand? Oh, we got to get rid of that. Fix that. Oh, no, what's that over there? Oh, God, fix that. I think we went back and forth. No exaggeration because I got a word doc. I think at least 20 times, at least 20 times with me sending back timestamps being like, that looked a bit weird there. Can we fix that there? I said this word there. I stumbled there. That shot slightly out of focus. Can we switch to this camera? Blah, 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 blah. Twen like at least 20 times. I probably watched it 50. I had the same thing with the sound mix. It was done by a great guy called Jim Hare. Uh, he does all the he does heaps of Australian comedy specials. Very experienced, and it was great when I was doing the sound and just being like, ah, maybe if you could just change that, or maybe just this. It is like, all right, I think we're getting to that time of the hour, Dan. One more round of changes, baby. Then it's got to be done. And the same thing happened. I was watching the final cut of the edit closely like watching it like nobody else would ever watch it like literally looking for an error and i was in adelaide and i'm like i'm gonna watch it one more time there's gonna be absolutely nothing wrong with it and there was a thing and i was like shit is that a thing i don't know i wound it back like seven eight times and i still wasn't even sure if it was an error and then i just shut my laptop messaged brady and said it's done. <laughs> you could send me this thing back and forth a hundred more times and I guarantee I would find something wrong because that's what my job is at that point, right? I'm watching it back to find something wrong. So there's always going to be something. There is no truer saying than there's always something. Steve Hofstetter coined that for me when we did our first tour together in Europe 
We're at every single venue, town, hotel, whatever. Every single day, there was something that didn't go right. And guess what? Old showbiz adage, show goes on. It's fine. You get through it. And it was... It was interesting, man, because like I've done a few specials now. This is this is number three. I've been pretty, pretty tightly, pretty intimately involved in the creative process every time. This is the time I probably had the most input. And this is the time that the final call was on me the most. And I really, really dragged my feet i really really was just like oh what about that can you fix that can we do this like and everyone around me was so patient at no point apart from jim when he did it and he should have was like dan it's it's time to let it go baby it's over just just let it go and i just wanted to say out loud the absolute gratitude i feel for that um because they knew that it was done. <laughs> Everybody else on the project knew it was done. Everyone who I sent it to being like, look, I think there's just there's just these things. And they would send it back and be like, Dan, it looks great. Just let it go. And I did. And I have. And you will see it. And all I have to say is if when you watch it, you see something that's slightly wrong, Keep it to yourself. <laughs> it's just it's just such a good lesson, I think. And that's why I wanted to say it. It's like if, especially when it's your project, especially when it's you, if you're if the task you're doing is like looking for errors, you will find them. You will find them because that's what you're concentrating on doing. It's you're not watching the show back being like, is this a good show? Is this ready to go? It's like, is there anything wrong? If there is, let me know. If you are in that mindset, you will find something. And it's not productive. It's just not. And I've learned that. And I feel very good having learned it. Arguably three weeks too late. <laughs> but having learned it nonetheless... And I just wanted to share that with you in the hopes that you don't torture yourself over something that doesn't matter. And mainly because for the next special, because there's always a next special, I want this podcast episode to exist so I don't do the exact same fucking thing again. Ugh. Anyway. I'm excited for you guys to see it. Please let me know where you'd like to see it. If you think that stuff matters at all, uh, I'm going to start pursuing those things this week. Um, thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who's taking the time to, to rate it on their favorite podcast listening app. Everybody who's taking the time to tell a mate about it. Everyone who's taking the time to get in touch with me about anything I say on the podcast. Please, I can't be the only person who sees a stain on the shirt as this embarrassing. I must, I must be part of a wider, wider community. Uh, but anyway, that's the end of this week. Uh, an artist who is appearing on the special. That's right, you guessed it, to take us out. As always, it's Vertical. Vertical.